0: Welcome to the VVV Podcast. Today, we are joined by Dan Lynch, founder and CEO of Cosmology. This AMA is hosted by Andy, VVV's chief research officer. Cosmology is a Web3 company building tools for the Cosmos ecosystem to make it easier and faster for Web2 and Web3 developers to build and switch to Cosmos. Some of these tools include Telescope, a TypeScript transpiler for the Cosmos Protobufs, TS Codigen, a smart contract transpiler, and now the official Codigen tool for Cosmwasm and many more.
1: VBB AMA, I'm your host Andy, and today we talk with a very exciting web 3 project called Cosmology. Let me introduce Dan Lynch, founder and CEO of Cosmology. Hi Dan, hey, how are you? it's a pleasure Good to, to you have that. you here today Thank on you. our show.
2: Thank you so very much. How- yep.
1: Before before we uh, jump right into the project itself, um, maybe would you share a little bit about your background and uh, your story, how you uh, entered the blockchain space?
2: Sure. Um, I'll I'll, I'll give you the whirlwind uh, version of it. I've been using computers as long as I can remember. I was four years old. I was drawing blueprints and floor plans on an Apple Classic using uh, Clarisworks MacDraw. And uh, by the age of 15, I started using Command Line AutoCAD 10 to design a 2,300-square-foot home that was built in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, This experience, like actually taught me at a pretty young age that computers can impact, you know, our actual world, the world around us. Um, and actually at the same time I was, um, building websites in the early, uh, in 1995, 1996, uh, in the GeoCities days. So what what happened was I actually moved to California, Los Angeles, California. Um, and I was studying graphic design and computer graphics and, uh, at, at a college there in, in, in Santa Monica, um, ended up actually dropping out to join a startup. So you know, so, if, so so I had like the startup experience. I was the third employee in a startup. It was a video content management uh, startup around the time that YouTube was coming out. This was around 2005, and the, the the startup went to like 70 employees. So I'm from three to 70. Had that whirlwind startup experience. I, I just loved it. I was actually a graphic designer at the time. While I knew HTML you know, and JavaScript, um, I was still more like the, the non-technical person. Um, but I was surrounded by great engineers. You know, They were really inspiring. Anyhow, um, I got really interested in this computer graphic software uh, that we were using. And essentially, I ended up uh, finding out that that company was also in Santa Monica, and I left to go work with them. And it was this visual programming environment and so, what that meant was like, as a designer, sort of a computer graphics person, I was now able to start expressing these more technical ideas and I got more deeply technical. And uh, I also was teaching as a part of this role engineers from Apple, uh, v- visual effects artists at Pixar, uh, digital domain, DreamWorks, and Sony. And uh, uh, eventually, it actually got me a teaching position back at the college that I had dropped out of. And so, <laughs> And so here I was, I was 23 years old. I was teaching, uh, without a bachelor's degree. And, um, that always kind of stuck in my head and then all my students, they were going to, you know, San Diego and UCLA and UC Berkeley. And I thought, man, like if I don't have a degree, I'm teaching these students. What if I got a degree? So I transferred to UC Berkeley, uh, and I did an undergrad and grad degree in electrical engineering, computer science. Uh, I did a a joint program with the Haas School of Business there. And during this time, uh, I got into Silicon Valley. So what happened was in my undergrad, I ended up uh, starting a company that's now called Amaze.co. It's a drag and drop application builder. So again, what happened was I was like this design brain, I became more technical, learned computer science, and I still just wanted to build tools for my past self. So I ended up building this drag and drop application builder. Uh, that now uh, is still around post series b raised over 100 million dollars has about 30 employees plus and is still operational serving the needs of fortune 500 brands like mcdonald's puma and sony Um, and then in grad school i started another very similar product called brandcast.com this was a drag and drop website builder Um, so this one uh, was was like more like a Squarespace for enterprise. We worked a lot of enterprise companies Uh, there. I brought in our first sale, our first five figure deal 1st six figure deal. So in addition to coding um, and being very involved in the design process uh, was also very involved in the sales and and catalyzing like our first business. Um, And we did stuff with New York Fashion Week, Tommy Hilfiger, BCBG, DKNY, also great design agencies like IDEO. Uh, and also big enterprise companies like General Electric, Wells Fargo, Visa, NFL, and all these great brands. Anyhow, that company has now sold to Time Magazine. Uh, so our rendering engine is being used by one of the world's most uh, trusted digital publishers. Um, and and so, after- right? thank you. So after this experience, uh, and, and we're getting closer to the crypto thing. So like you know, uh, but I feel like it's all kind of relevant because because it'll yeah. come back. Please, please early. go on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so effectively, um, I, I got really obsessed with data and I realized how important the data was because we had been so focused on making the most beautiful UI and user experiences, um, but we realized that the most important thing underlying and underpinning all this is data. Uh, so I ended up building a database, cloud function, infrastructure platform that made it very easy to effectively uh, build back-end applications. Um, And one of the libraries that came out of this uh, suite of products uh, is actually used by a company called Supabase, which is a YC and Mozilla-backed startup that I think has raised about $120 in funding. They are a Firebase alternative uh, focused on Postgres. And so every query that goes through their backend, whether it's detecting SQL injection, helping developers understand where their uh, error messages, uh, where the errors in their SQL might be, Um, uses this tool. Uh, And um, I'm actually an official advisor working based now on a database operating system. Anyway, so shortly after this, uh, around I started building these tools, and then I decided to build a company around it. So I started a company called Web Inc. And uh, this was March 2020, smack dab, the beginning of pandemic. Uh, So I took this database tooling, iterated on it a bit more, and uh, ended up bringing in about $300,000 in revenue uh, for selling uh, database products to enterprise c- companies. Um, and I was just super enthusiastic because you know it was a completely new, new space that solved a lot of the problems that I found with building all these apps and websites for all these enterprise companies and Fortune 500 brands. Um, uh, but the, the problem was personally, I started paying attention to this Web three space, so now we're getting into like how did I get into how did I get into crypto? Um, so I'll rewind a little bit. So I actually bought my first Bitcoin in two thousand thirteen. Uh, I I you know sold it all in twenty fifteen, yellowed my net worth in twenty seventeen, lost it <laughs> all. Um, but I, you know you know how that goes. Um, but but I did make a small uh, like seed investment in a corporation called overclock labs, which, uh, built a, uh, app chain called Akash network. Uh, I've been very good friends with Greg Osteri, the founder for over a decade. And, um, he was like, Hey, you should check out this thing called osmosis. Uh, so I started looking at this thing, osmosis, and, uh, let's just say that like June, July was like the first week that osmosis came out. Uh, if you're not aware osmosis is the largest liquidity decks in the cosmos right now um you can you know swap tokens pr- provide liquidity and do all sorts of things um and i became so interested that uh it was around january of 2022 i talked to a couple of my uh friends and family investors and said hey guys like i love this database thing i think it's great you know i think we could totally become the next Salesforce uh, we can, you know, but better and uh, create sort of like this, like manga-like experience for building applications is so fluid, but having that robust tried and true database such as Postgres, uh, you know, and, and and it would be great. We can probably make a huge business out of this. However, th- this stuff looks really interesting, right? And uh, as I was trying it out, I I found that it took a lot of time to claim staking rewards and do all these swaps and things. And I thought like, okay, I think that we could automate the investment strategies. So I talked to my investors. I said, Hey, like, I want to try this out. What do you think we should do? One of the investors was like, Hey, um, what took you so long? Like come into web three, like we've been waiting for you. You know, one of my other investors was like, Hey, look like spend the month of January figuring this out and whatever you end up doing, uh, we will, uh, we will support you, but just don't spend more than January on it. Right. And just figure it out. Like you're at the fork in the road. The, you know, the, the question is heavier than the answer. Just choose one and we'll support you. So, uh, I ended up building this tool to automate, uh, investment strategies, uh, in DeFi defy uh, on osmosis, as well as for staking in the cosmos. Um, so effectively, you know, um, what could have taken like like depending on how how many different accounts you're managing could take hours. Now you could do in minutes, hundreds of transactions. Uh, So if you're managing uh, funds for others or have like more complex investment strategies, uh, you'd be able to use this tool to kind of automate everything without having to click on any user interface. Uh, What happened was I went to a hackathon in Miami and uh, I actually built this tool. I showed it to the Terra Luna team. They loved it. They introduced me to the founders of Osmosis, and uh, at this point, uh, Osmosis gave us a grant to uh, build out this product. Um, But then, at this stage, I I honestly took a step back and I said to the to the team, I said, "You guys, like, we could build this tool for automating staking rewards and auto compounding, but honestly, it was kind of a nightmare to build it, and it's not their fault." It's just the Cosmos ecosystem didn't have any tooling for building decentralized applications. There was nowhere to find out, like, where are the IBC token denominations? Where's the asset lists and token lists? Where's the blockchain information? How do I connect to the wallet? You know, um, how do I create messages to query and mutate the blockchain? So all of this stuff was like a black box. Um, and luckily I'm the type of engineer where when I find problems, I don't go to stack overflow. I dig into the source code. I reverse engineer things and I, I basically attempt to wield, you know, new tools into existence. Um, so I reverse engineered osmosis and I ended up saying to myself, hmm, like maybe there's a way that I could take my database transpiler that Superbase is using and I could apply that same technology to web three. And this was like the moment where I was like, aha, like, I think this could actually be something useful, not only for osmosis, but every single chain in the cosmos. I, see. Uh, so I built this tool. It reads cosmos SDK blockchains. It basically reads the blockchain code written by the developers and it will output in print code. It will generate code that now you don't have to write and maintain. Uh, so that if you are a web to react, it could even be a junior ui developer now you have all these really easy to use client-side sdks to easily interact with the blockchain it abstracts all of the cryptography all of the encoding for protobuffers amino and all these complicated things that came with you know ledger compatibility for cosmos and and all the details that i won't necessarily dive into right now um to make it super simple to build to build an application that actually works with cosmos blockchains um so this product uh actually kind of uh took off pretty quickly uh and to this day now is supporting over 41 blockchains in the cosmos uh, among all the top projects uh such as osmosis juno stargaze uh mars and also a very well-known one to some of the ethereum users out there called dydx and so uh, what also happened was then shortly after this i met the founder of juno jake hartnell Uh, and he said, Hey, what you've done for the cosmos SDK, which is like our blockchain, uh, software in cosmos. Um, you should do this for Cosmwasm, the smart contract platform for Cosmos. So we met in the mission in San Francisco at a coffee shop. He showed me the code that they were manually writing and I was like, Oh dude, we can totally automate this. So we, you know, we worked together. I built a transpiler then for Cosmwasm. And that one also instantaneously took off now it's powering well over 100 smart contract applications in the cosmos and is the official uh standard now on the cosmos organization um so to zoom out of it like what happened was i kind of ended up solving accidentally through taking the database like transpiler concept and applying it to web3 uh, and solving one of the hardest problems in the cosmos, which was like the cryptography, the encoding, uh, the, the, the um, composing of messages, and signing them, and broadcasting them, uh, and kind of like demystifying all of it by making these really easy to use APIs. Um, and we also solved it with one of the more uh, robust data structures in computer science, which is the abstract syntax tree, which is uh, essentially the DNA of software itself. This is how you can read code ingest it this is how you can print code and generate it um it's what compilers use uh so uh we solved one of the hardest problems in in web3 in cosmos with one of the best data structures in computer science and it put us in a very good position uh and and because of all the traction we we took a look at it we're like hey why don't we start bubbling back up to the top why don't we start building out a whole new suite of products and so you know given my background is also in design uh, there's also some room there to maybe help making uh, UI developers have some tools as well. Uh, so what we ended up doing was building out a unified wallet adapter to make it really easy to connect to like any of the number of Cosmos wallets. So we have Cosmos Kit. Cosmos Kit is a wallet adapter that will allow you to easily connect to Kepler, Cosmos Station, Leap, uh, XDeFi, Trust Wallet, Wallet Connect, among others. Um, and this also made it very easy for developers to get up and running quickly and starting building these DAPs. Um, and then we also started building out uh, really easy ways to get chain information, token lists and asset lists, IBC denominations, So that like all the data for, let's say you want to build a Dex and you have a list of tokens for swapping, well, how do you get the identifiers or effectively, I'll just call it that for fun, but for all of these tokens for your application. So we provide a lot of this information um in addition to the other products and then what we did was we were like hey why don't we make a umbrella product that installs all of these products together in the proper structure and also puts in best practices so that in seconds a developer can get up and running they have cosmos kit wallet adapter they can have the cosmosm ts cogen tooling they can have the telescope tooling for the Cosmos SDK, and then there's even maybe a test transaction that can run uh, with a user interface. So basically, you're ready to go and deploy your app in seconds. Uh, that's called create Cosmos app. Uh, so so effectively, we you know kind of built this suite of tools to catalyze developers, um, starting from the low level encoding, boiling up all the way to like modals that let you choose wallets and connect to. Wall- uh, you know, Kepler or Cosmo station, et cetera, um, as well as getting token information. And then there's some new products that we're also working on, uh, to encourage a philosophy of testing in the cosmos. Uh, so maybe I'll like pause there because I know it was a very mm-hmm. large amount of information. Yep. yeah. I think uh, we,
1: we should go into more details. Yeah. Uh, a little bit later about the, the product solutions that you offer. So, but taking a, a step back now, um, when I hear your story, uh, I can identify a, a common theme, yeah, so you are more the the problem solver, yeah <laughs> everywhere you see there is a problem that can be solved that make life easier, yeah for for developers. Uh, there there happened something and you created a solution, yeah um, how does your approach look like if you start working on such a new idea or a new concept are you in touch with the communities there with the developers how how did you get all those those feedback how to construct these solutions
2: yeah I mean that's a great question uh definitely part Uh, exploration and rabbit holing. And just like an artist who is making a painting and constantly adding new strokes and erasing some strokes and adding some strokes. I'm actually very much an artist at heart, because if you remember, I came from like a design and computer graphics background. Um, But um, also in part, getting community feedback and working with real projects. I think the number one thing that I think we did right at Cosmology was we did not build something for one year and hope that we can ship it and get users Uh, we built something in fact telescope originally only took me two weeks to build Uh, it took me one year so far to get it to the point where it is now but the initial Mm. framework was only two weeks and my point for this is that that meant we were building telescope for a very particular purpose in this case it was osmosis to build osmojs to create a client library to easily do token swaps and provide liquidity and claim rewards. Um, So we were working with something real that needed to be functional on day one and have it operational within just a few weeks. So, um, and then of course, like I mentioned, I started working with Jake Hartnell in the Juno community on the Cosmosm and also met Ethan Fry, uh, the founder of Cosmosm. And so from there, we started working with all sorts of wasm uh, projects, which took off. So 100% we were working with real teams and needed to have very functional uh, shipped code that was in production. Uh, so basically my workflow is like I, I get something that works and we're constantly like fixing bugs or adding features. I, I don't prescribe to the past way of building uh, that I've done before, which is like, you know, in the past, I got VC funding, uh, we, we come up, we, we pitch this idea, uh, and then we spend six months or a year or two years building it. Um, that's actually really depressing for developers. It's not a common way
1: unluckily, yeah. So it's,
2: (laughs) it's more the standard in the web free space. So, so I think that like, get whatever you're building out there, uh, and constantly create, get that, get into that feedback loop with real people and real projects. Um, and then like another answer to the same question, um, like, how do I kind of build these tools because they've never previously existed? Um, you know, I, I find a problem and, you know, like, for example, if I would have just built that product, the auto compounding tool that helps people automate their investment strategies, I mean, it, it would have felt very much like a house of cards, right? And so I think my gut was telling me there's something wrong. I don't know if I should build this product. I think I need to build the infrastructure. Uh, and so when I took a step back and I started building infrastructure. Uh, you know, I had to do a lot of reverse engineering. So a lot of that was actually solo work and digging into source code. So if there's any developers out there, you know, if you find yourself constantly asking people in support forums and Googling on stack overflow. I would really encourage you to just jump into the source code and read the source. Uh, there's so much information there. Um, and so I kind of then start from the, the source code, uh, and then I end up you know, using the best possible uh, data structures that I can to solve this, the solution. Um, and also, I write tests for every single piece of code I write. Uh, so the other thing that I want to encourage more of in the world is testing. Uh, Write the test first, don't write the code first, because you're going to save a lot of time. And one very uh, awesome video to watch would be Brett Victor's Inventing on Principle. It's an amazing video that talks about minimizing that feedback loop so that when you make changes, you can see what the changes are so that you can now continue to make new changes, right? And testing environments do this, versus like writing some code, And then like opening up your browser and clicking around and like, like you're the the test running your code, like, like stop doing that. Like write a test. You're going to write the code. Your test watcher is going to run. You're going to get instantaneous feedback. It will actually help you build not only more robust and secure code, but you can do it faster. Um, So I think having a proper development process, shipping code quickly, working with real projects, working with real teams uh, is a really good, a set of ingredients for uh, building new products and having a healthy developer sentiment with your team.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So when you provide those development tools, um, that also implies you will have some support efforts because people maybe have questions. How is this structured at
2: Cosmology? So in Web3, there are so many different areas uh, and places and apps where Uh, support comes in. It could be GitHub. It could be Discord. It could be Twitter. It could be Slack. It could be a text message. I don't even know. So so honestly, it is a bit interesting uh, to field all of the messages right now. Um, So we're trying to funnel most uh, discussions into our Discord uh, and and convert everything as best as possible into uh, our our GitHub. but it is a process and a lot of my work, not only is coding uh, and managing the team uh, and working with you know other projects, but also just making sure I'm there to answer questions on Telegram or Discord or whatnot. And I always wanna make sure people know like, hey, if we haven't fixed this thing, like we're gonna do it, we've got your back, we're here for you, there's a human here. Um, and I think that's really been important and critical for the growth cosmology as well.
1: Definitely. Yeah. So um, we, as VVV, are also very community-centric. Yeah. So, how important is the community for cosmology to bring the project to success? So, let's I mean say I on think your it, Discord or uh, other. Oh, like other our community, or our, our
0: development.
2: Your community? your
1: own community, yeah.
2: Oh, I mean, I think we, we we wouldn't be around without it. You know what I mean? Uh, our community is so integral to our success. Um, because you know, we're building tools for developers and we're trying to enhance the developer experience. So uh, it makes sense that like our developer ecosystem and community is really all that we actually are. Um, that's who we're serving, that's who we need to get feedback from, that's who we need to take that feedback and build features for. Uh, so our community is honestly like the most important uh, thing to us and it's a lot of actually what inspires and impels us to keep innovating and doing great work
1: i see yeah yeah absolutely agree so now i understand with your background story um how you are deeply rooted into this cosmos ecosystem um but have you also looked into other ecosystems on the market because there are many uh, many different approaches as well Um, have you any plans to expand your activities into other
2: spaces awesome question uh so I will start off by saying when I lost my net worth for the first time, when I lost everything in 2017, <laughs> uh, I had to stop looking at charts. So my therapy was, well, why don't I start building some open-source uh, cryptography libraries uh, for Bitcoin and Ethereum back in 2018? And then I also dabbled in compiling some wallets for a few altcoins And I also built a uh, web wallet for a privacy uh, token back in 2018. Uh, So I just want to state that like, even though it was like more of a personal thing, it wasn't very professional. Um, I had dabbled in, you know, building on a a few other different networks. And because, you know, I was buying, I had Bitcoins from 2013, I've been one foot in the the space personally, one foot in Web2 professionally. So I was kind of following it the entire time. Um, now, while I might have come to the Cosmos for the money originally, I have stayed for the technology and the community. And um, so, so, you know, what happens with well, a lot of us get into crypto for, for similar reasons, right? It's an investment. You know, we're, we're speculating on something. You know, there's, there's Ave, there's Ethereum, there's Cardano, there's Cosmos. It's like, how do you know the difference between any of that? Many, And you generally don't right um but what happened was when i I got in the cosmos my mind was blown by ibc uh and i think that like my mind was also blown by the community and we can talk a bit more about ibc in in cosmos later but what i want to state is that because of the decentralized nature of all the teams i felt that like we were kind of like a family or we were kind of like a giant entity that like kind of these decentralized departments and we all got to work together. So in the past, I remember I'd be at like parties in Silicon Valley and somebody would introduce me to someone. They'd be like, Hey, this is so-and-so he's building a website builder. And like, I'd be like, oh man, like in, in my head, I'm like, oh man, this is like a friend of me. Like this is a competitor. Right. But in web three in the cosmos, we're collaborators. We get to build tools together. There's no competition. We're in cooperation and collaboration. So for me, this feeling of like every single person I met that was also building their own startup in the in the cosmos, the fact that we got to kind of be more like brethren and, and together uh, was a feeling that I had never felt anywhere before. Um, so I think one, you know, the technology of IBC completely blowing my mind, uh, which by the way, because of the decoupling it enables by having all these inter- operable layer one blockchains that can communicate to each other with IBC. What that enables is actually a human thing, which means now we have all these different projects that are run by humans that are now cooperatively collaborating and enabling commerce together. Um, So I think the technology as a CTO of over a decade in the Valley um, was so interesting to me. I think it is by far the best technology of, of any uh, project that I've looked at. Um, and uh, I think then the the community and the people uh, are are also just as amazing. Uh, so for me, it was like I love what I'm doing. I love who I'm doing it with. Uh, and I and I think as far as work is concerned, I don't know if there's a lot of people that can say that. So like I'm just very happy and fulfilled. And that, yeah. that's why I'm.
1: I think I think everyone can can see and feel it. Yeah, in your words, yeah, that <laughs> you love your job and. You love to work in this space. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great to see. Yeah, I I also dive deeper into the the cosmos uh, technology. And I I like the tech. Yeah, it's really great. And I think it's sad that they don't get the attention. Yeah, they deserve, I think, from a marketing standpoint, um, many things happen, but no one knows that uh, cosmos stands behind as a base layer. Yeah. So I think there, that's, that's maybe something that need to change here yeah, in future yeah, to get more traction to the ecosystem. But I absolutely agree that the IBC concept is really great, revolutionary, and also the, the yeah, scalability solution yeah, that is required yeah, for mass adoption. Yeah. So maybe, maybe could you uh, elaborate a little bit on the cosmos? principle yeah. just on a higher level for the audience because i'm sure, I'm sure not everyone is uh, deeply involved into into this concept
2: yeah well maybe i could quickly just share one slide sure. here on my screen uh while i talk about this one concept here uh the screen in the in the video just to, i'm not sure if there's anything that we need to do in order to make sure that it goes through
1: so it's here yeah i think should be on the screen now
2: if it is or if it isn't either way i'll just start talking so maybe
1: could you uh, the community can also answer in the chat maybe could you could you see it
2: now it's there i can see it now great okay so (laughs) there's like a blockchain evolution right um and and what's happening is you know we had digital money. When Bitcoin came out, it was like, here is digital money. That, that is it. It was like almost like a pet rock, but that, that was all it could do. Right. It was valuable, store of value. That's great. Then what happened was, you know, you couldn't really do anything with it. I mean, you could transact, you could, but, but like beyond that, there wasn't really much you could do. Uh, so then the second generation of blockchain was the programmability, programmable blockchains. This was Ethereum, right? And this allowed us now to write smart contracts and do more interesting things with cryptocurrency. So uh, the problem was, and if you think about like a congested highway with every single uh, project launching on Ethereum, it just became super congested. Right. And so one metaphor is like, imagine if you add a bunch of on and off ramps to different highways that allow you to scale that out and kind of pull the traffic off of this one. Uh, freeway, uh, let's call it Ethereum for now, into a internet of blockchains. So the third, the third generation of blockchain is multi-chain or the interchain, where you have these interoperable layer one blockchains that can communicate with each other. And so, uh, you know, they're, they're scalable, sovereign, interoperable, and actually the Cosmos has about two hundred and sixty projects right now I think about 60 of them are IBC enabled was
1: blown away when I saw this yeah (laughs)
2: it's amazing and 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 let me talk a bit about you know and and this metaphor originates from Sunny Argwall the co-founder of Osmosis um but I love it so much and we're going to talk a bit about shipping containers so um and and by the way we will talk a bit about why how how it's different from from Polkadot um but but essentially when when we look at trade let's say we're looking at like trade between china and the united states these are two sovereign independent countries right they they don't they are not the same place at all but if you go to the ports where trade happens there's probably going to be some semi trucks there's probably going to be some ships and the the thing that kind of goes in between all these transportation vehicles and uh, you know, ships is a shipping container, and the shipping container is this unified interface that allows you to send maybe it's goods, maybe it's cars, some kind of trade between United States and China, right? Uh, but these are sovereign, independent, in, like sovereign nations that now have this interoperable way to t- create commerce via trade between each other, right? So IBC is this for layer one blockchains, right? So you could have two sovereign layer one blockchains, but now they have this unified packet, this unified way of actually sending and transmitting data or tokens across their chain. One application of this could be a trustless bridge, right? So instead of having to have a bridge where we've seen hundreds of millions of Uh, hacks happen uh, in 2022, Uh, with IBC, that's not possible because it's a protocol level exchange between two layer one blockchains. And just how shipping containers enable commerce across all the countries in the world. IBC enables commerce between all the internet of blockchains. And one more metaphor I think I'd like to add, IBC stands for inner blockchain communication. Um, if we look at TCPIP, it was actually built out of BSD sockets, which is a Berkeley license, by the way. A lot of the work was actually done at UC Berkeley. Um, but TCPIP, it's a protocol for communicating between decentralized uh, remote computing machines or computers. So effectively, what we ended up building on top of TCPIP was the internet and the World Wide Web because it was a way, it was a protocol that allowed these computers to communicate. So IBC is an analog to TCP IP for computers. IBC is for blockchains to enable the internet of blockchains. And, and, and as I was suggesting earlier, what does that third generation enable when I say, you know, we have from digital to programmable to interoperable, um, that interoperability enables commerce just like the shipping containers and trade. So what's gonna happen is you'll have all these different app chains with different utilities and functionalities, and we have this native way to integrate between all of these different chains. Uh, And so to zoom out a bit, I'm just very bullish on Cosmos uh, because it created a platform and an SDK for allowing developers to launch their own blockchains without having to jump on a very congested network such as ethereum uh but then make their own so you have that horizontal scalability but then you still have this interoperability and communication so it kind of reminds me of the early days of GeoCities when i was making websites in 1995 when there was you know i don't know like a couple hundred websites so now we have you know a couple hundred blockchains in the cosmos and um I think that we're going to soon see the beginning of the Internet of blockchains forming. And that to me is super exciting. That's that's
1: really amazing yeah, to have this broad vision yeah, for this this future yeah, with thousands of, of different blockchains yeah, at the end. So that's that's incredible. Yeah. So we have a community question here. Maybe we can pull this up and it's from the one. Uh, how does Cosmos differ from from Dot? So from Polkadot,
2: yeah. Great, great question. So uh, Polkadot, I would say, is like one of the only contenders to Cosmos. A lot of the other projects, you know, Solana or Near or others, um, they are still the fat chain thesis, like Ethereum. They're just like, hey, everybody, get on our chain, and like we we know how that works, like. Look at how many altcoins there are. Look how many projects there are. People are going to keep launching projects to think that there's just going to be one chain to rule them all. And I apologize to the Bitcoin and Ethereum maxis out there, um, but we are going to be in a multi-chain world. Um, and a lot of the attempts have been this fat chain thesis, except for Polkadot and Cosmos. Um, so Polkadot, their approach is sort of this uh landlord tenant model and i think they have some limited number of like i don't know, like 187 slots or i i don't know the exact number but they have some number of slots these pair of chains and what happens is you have to come up with like five million dollars of polka dot to rent one of these chains uh number one uh some some giant number uh and then your chain is actually basically paying rent to the polka dot parent umbrella chain So you're not, one, you're not really sovereign. Like you're really just kind of a process running inside of the polka dot chain. Number two, it's not really accessible or democratized because you have to pay like with these crowd loans, I mean, potentially millions of dollars to even become a blockchain. Now, while I think that might be good for curation, that may not be good for some smaller startups who want to launch something and test it out without having to come up with millions of dollars. It almost reminds me of when they wanted to gate the internet and the ISPs wanted to have the fast lane. And of course we knew Facebook would get it, Microsoft would get it, but what about the small startups that can't afford to pay the the for the fast lane on the internet? So thank God the EFF and everyone came together and that never happened. But you know, I see many ways Polkadot kind of has this sort of master uh you know landlord tenant model that i think is actually kind of inhibiting from like a philosophical and, and business sense uh, for building blockchains. The way I look at cosmos is it's similar to like Ruby on Rails. You just download some code, you edit a little snippet here or there and you deploy it. You run some validators you get some friends to run some validators or you maybe maybe if you know some uh and, and you can get up and running quickly. Now the caveat is you do have to have those validators, uh, but, but essentially you don't need permission from anyone to launch your Cosmos app chain. You do not need permission from anybody. Uh, so you can very freely, accessibly launch your own app chain. It's literally just code. And then, uh, interestingly, you know, one other kind of point to make, uh, that there is a version of Polkadot that is being implemented inside of Cosmos to make it easier to deploy without having to have the complications of getting validator sets. There's a couple different projects working on this. One we may have heard of is a big one called interchain security on that they mentioned at Cosmo Atom 2.0, where Atom will be renting security to uh, these shared security chains. So what's happening now is Cosmos is so sophisticated that they can actually implement what Polkadot does within one of the Cosmos app chains itself. And then we have products like Celestia and Saga that are also doing the same thing. Uh, so these are other app chain ecosystems that are chains for building chains. Mm Uh, and then finally one more note on Polkadot, the first IBC, the first transfer of tokens between Kusama and Polkadot, which was built by composable finance was an IBC transfer. Mm -hmm. So I know there was a lot of promise and vision that Gavin had with Polkadot and everything. And by the way, I had some polka dots very early, so I should have been financially incentivized. Um, but uh, interestingly, the technology that seems to have kind of really won the race here is the Cosmos. And, and part of that is because Ethan and Jay, when they came up with the IBC, the Inner Blockchain Communication Protocol, they created a spec, a protocol first. They wrote a paper about it. They they decided to build something that could be bigger than Cosmos. In fact, the fact that IBC is now running on Polkadot is proof of that. So what's happening is now Polkadot will be actually IBC connected. Uh, I've also talked to some other teams that, that are interested. They're non-Cosmos chains that can enable IBC. So in a way, Cosmos may become kind of bigger than itself in the sense that a lot of the chains that can communicate through IBC may not even be a Cosmos SDK chain. Uh, As long as there is fast finality on a chain, uh, there should be a way to implement a light client and therefore being able to implement IBC. And I will say that when I met Vitalik at the Stanford blockchain week, uh, me and Chango were talking to him about all sorts of proof of stake stuff. And at the end of it all, I said to him, "Well, I hope we get to do an IBC transfer on Ethereum one day." And I mark my words. He said, "Me too." So <laughs> he's not opposed. But we'll it's see what great. happens with this. But great. The interchange could be quite big one day. Yeah, it
1: seems. Yeah, uh, it seems the the most promising concept. Yeah, for this this future. But um, you you mentioned Celestia, for example. Yeah. So now we we yeah. see there is also a. a yeah, hype around those modular blockchain concepts, which is slightly different, yeah, to to the Cosmos uh, concept itself. Mm-hmm. So, what what is your take on the on the future development? So let's let's project five or ten years into the future. How mm-hmm. how will the landscape look like? Will will it, will it be a mixture of all three concepts of monolithic, modular, and and IPC based uh, solutions,
2: or will there be a dominant way? I think there will be, all of them will coexist and they will all serve a purpose. I think that, you know, to start out a new app chain, maybe it doesn't make sense to get a validator set and go through the process of recruiting validators. And those are basically for, for those that aren't sure what those are, it's basically backend servers that are running the transactions to kind of put it in web two terms. They're just running processing transactions. They're kind of like the Bitcoin miners in, as, a, as an analog, uh, but they're for proof of stake. Um, and, and so these, these sort of like chains for launching chains or sort of these virtualized or modular chain technologies, I think it's great because what you can do is if you can launch a chain without having to deploy infrastructure, that allows you to get up and running quickly right so this is kind of like hey i need to launch a website on squarespace or wix or weebly or brandcast right so you can you can get you before you get seed funding you launch on one of these smaller website builders or you launch on one of these like chain for chain modular uh, you know blockchain ecosystem projects and then maybe you get some funding right and then once you get funding and maybe some traction you've proven out your business model maybe then you scale into a uh ics shared security or mesh security model right and then from there you graduate you're like hey guys like we're doing really well we want to bring this to our own app chain so i kind of see it as a gradient where like it actually serves a purpose that like you know it is so heavy-handed right now uh if you really want to do a full-on app chain it could be a lot of work it might be better to just launch a smart contract Prove out your idea. Get some users. Get some traction. Uh, how much? How many fees are you taking for how much transaction volume? Uh, before really investing in a dedicated app chain with a native token. Uh, so I, I think that all of them can coexist and serve a specific purpose. And I think that the more simple ones that kind of automate things, I see them as sort of akin to the Web two no code tools. But of course, no Series B companies running their website on uh, Webflow or Squarespace, or not their web app, right? Hmm. Because you can't really write code there. But they probably started that way, right? They probably got their funding with that website. That's how they. That's how they got the idea out there. So I see. I see that same process happening um, with all these different variations of uh, security models and and blockchains.
1: Awesome awesome yeah let's let's go back to cosmology itself yeah <laughs> we, <laughs> it was a, a quite quite long discussion now about the ecosystem, but I think uh the audience is also interested yeah, to learn more about uh, cosmology and also your products and services that you already offer yeah in in this space and also the future plans behind the
2: the roadmap here yeah, that you. That you have, sure thing. Um, well, let me let me just like I'll just do like one little small slide to just kind of make an image sure. of what we're doing today. Uh, and so effectively, you know, screen pops up like it did last time. But you know, we we want to first of all double down. What we've been doing. Um, And, and the reason is because we're providing a lot of value to many teams in the cosmos right now, you know, we feel that if we can become that infrastructure backbone for building decentralized applications in the cosmos, um, then like, as far as like our future plans and monetization, we will have like a whole world of optionality. So, uh, essentially, you know, here's a picture of like two of the main products that cosmology has. And you can see on the left, you know, you can bring in your Cosmos SDK, you can bring in your smart contracts. You see this fun little gopher carrying this package, and he's going through the sort of uh, this cosmology system. And on the other side, you're seeing that we get these multi-chain client packages, and effectively, you know, we kind of see ourselves as like this Web three printing press, almost like an assembly line for decentralized applications. Um, and and one of the keys is that these multi-chain client packages create a unified interface for leveraging all of the functionality in the IBC. I'm going to take a step back. When we we look at the Cosmos and IBC, every app chain serves a purpose. So let's say you want to run decentralized infrastructure on Akash, you want to run, uh, do some minting on Stargaze, you want to do some swapping on Osmosis, maybe you want to buy some uh, carbon credits on regen network. Maybe you want to do some DAO tooling with DAODAO. So uh, effectively, there's a situation where you want to build a DAP that can leverage the utility of multiple Cosmos chains. And, And so what we do is we create a unified interface that allows you to explore all of the APIs of all of these various chains in one cohesive package um and this is providing a ton of value because it's really organizing what is this very decentralized internet of blockchains right now and so our goal is to continue to double down on this technology and provide as much value to as many chains as possible um we feel that uh if if we can you know and we also have our wallet adapter and other tool, tools that maybe i could just you know like we have our chain registry which gives you information for asset lists we have our wallet adapter that makes it really easy to throw a modal in your uh, application and uh, quickly connect to all these uh, wallets and things. Um, but you know, I, I'm gonna stop the screen share for a second and, and I'll zoom out. But the, the idea is that um, we're creating sort of like a reputation or social currency in the cosmos. We're kind of doing like our internship because all of the code that we're building right now is free and open source. That means any developer right now can use our tooling, deploy it, and they get to just build their business. Now, what's good about this is that we have the support of every team validator founder, uh, in the cosmos. So that, um, one, if let's say, let's say in the future, we were to launch an app chain as like one potential, uh, future path, um, we could potentially become a blue chip in the cosmos right away because. You know, some teams come out of left field. No one's ever heard of them. Who are these guys? What does their token do? But if every project in the cosmos is already using our software and we launch a token, um, we would probably have the support of almost nearly the entire cosmos. Um, Generally, as I've been exploring that path, the ideas would be around how can we build a chain that supports the developers that are building on cosmology tooling potentially decentralized cdns rpcn points things that might leverage lava network or Akash network and kind of take these hosting costs back into the cosmology chain um again these are all just uh, ideas so i don't want to like make any promises here. don't nail you down on that <laughs> um, but but also you know there may be other products and services that we can add into our developer ecosystem to assist and make more useful some of our existing products. So our goal will be to continue to keep all of our existing products free and open source, and we'll continue to fund their, to fund their efforts. Um, but then also we'll be now uh, strategizing and considering which uh, paid products and services that we can add into our developer ecosystem to catalyze them to develop even faster, um, as well as uh, other um, so, so one would be like, we will have a wedge in the sense that everyone's using this tooling. So what can we now do to help those teams that are using our software, uh, to make them even more productive, help them build even faster, help them build more securely. Uh, how can we help them validate their code? How can we help them to do more, uh, testing and CICD? Uh, so effectively, I think, you know, what we're doing now is sort of like the table stakes to get in uh, and and just create all these relationships and connections between all these blockchains and smart contract projects, uh, and then the next step is okay. What would be that will effectively uh, you know catalyze all, all these these teams that are already working with? I see. We are we still online?
1: Yeah, I think you were frozen for a second. Okay. Could you hear the audio
2: and it was the video or was the audio also freezing?
1: Um, I couldn't hear you. So I think it was about one minute now yeah, that we dropped out.
2: Oh man, I apologize. Okay. Well, I'll just restate what I it says said. The
1: network connection is
2: good, but yeah, who knows. <laughs> okay. But you can hear me now. I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, great. I sent said- I'm just saying that our goal is to catalyze the existing community um, and then add new products that could basically help and assist their development even more. And some of those products uh, would be paid and monetized. Um, But we will keep the open source products up and running.
1: That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. I think that's also important. Yeah. So because your success is closely related yeah, to the success of the cosmos ecosystem, and so that, that makes sense, yeah, to support also the developers to, to uh, launch their own projects and thrive the whole system yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, could, you, could you maybe tell a little bit about the team itself, yeah? so uh, how many yeah. people are working currently on, on cosmology's projects?
2: Yep. So, you know, it started off as myself, uh, I built, you know, all the core, uh, technology for the transpiler encoding, but, uh, we've now grown to, uh, seven internally. So, uh, six of us are engineers. Uh, one is a designer. Um, uh, we're actually working with now full-time, uh, the design DAO founder of the design DAO, uh, Julius who's, he's been great. Um, So one designer, six engineers internally. Um, But that said, we've also been working with a lot of the grant programs and helping other uh, developers get funding to contribute and build on top of cosmology. So we now have three other uh, open source contributors that you could theoretically call that 10 uh, because, you know, their efforts are a little bit more than the random contributions you get from open source. Um, It's much more integrated. Um, but that said, we also have 30 uh, open source contributors or so across all of our projects. So about 30 open source contributors, uh, three grants that have been approved that effectively are helping folks build on our tooling. Um, and then also, uh, our seven internal team members, and we are remote and decentralized. I'm based in San Francisco, our, our, our designer is uh, in Europe. And then a lot of our team is spread out kind of everywhere uh so it's uh quite decentralized which is pretty standard these days post pandemic yeah
1: <laughs> that's that's the advantage yeah that everyone can work remote um <clears throat> are you looking currently for for additional contributors or how can we support you or the community support you
2: oh that's a great question i love that one 100 yes uh we are always looking for contributors um Open source, I think, is such a great thing. Um, I think that everyone should should try it and get involved. Um, so, you know, we have a ton of projects from Cosmos Kit to Telescope or TS Cogen. Um, and, and we also have a new product, Starship, that we're going to be launching here soon. It'll be a little bit more on the infrastructure side. And um, just, you know, I'm on Twitter, uh, Purimation, P Y R A M. A-T-I-O-N, kind of like Pyramids and Animation. So Pyramation. Uh, we'll just drop the, the link also in the description afterwards. Yeah. Okay, great. And, and I would just say, like, get in touch with me too if you're not sure and just want to chat. Uh, feel free to reach out. Um, there, there's a lot of ways you can get involved. Or another way to get involved, just build a project in the cosmos. Uh, build a smart contract. Uh, build an app chain. And then if you want to know how to get to the next step, ping me and we'll help you get set up on cosmology uh, to start building decentralized applications on, on your project. So, you know uh, the other way is just to start using our tooling. Um, So yeah, we're looking to help, you know, catalyze entrepreneurs, founders, builders, engineers out there uh, who are interested in cosmos or interested in open source or web three and would be more than happy if, you know, anyone reaches out and, uh, we, we can, you know, help set you up and point you in the right direction.
1: Great. Great. Yeah. So our community loves yeah <laughs> cosmology and we also see it in the, in the chat. Yeah. Very positive yeah. comments here. So, um, yeah, yeah we are almost, almost, uh, in for one hour in the AMA. I want to be respectful to your time and, uh, yeah, maybe I've saw another, community question. Maybe we can take that one before we wrap it up. It is from Jens Peter. So the question is, uh, is cosmology something like a toolbox, for example, like power automation from Microsoft?
2: I am googling what that does.
1: (laughs) I also have no idea. Yeah, so
2: uh i i think if it's power automate now uh looks like it's a uh low code drag and drop tools with pre-built connections um i would say i would say while i appreciate this project because i actually built very similar tools when i was doing flow-based programming if this is what i understand uh that's not what uh cosmology is currently doing um if i understand it correctly but it, but it does look like a very cool piece of software
1: okay okay perfect so uh, i see ah uh, mario also posted your your twitter handle i think that's oh, the right one yeah thank you
2: thank you perfect, I perfect. You oh, thank you
1: yeah so then it was great talking to you thank you very much for your time really you appreciate it i i love your energy yeah you you are a force of nature, yeah.
2: <laughs> Appreciate it. Seriously. It's been and great talking to you as well. Seriously. It's,
1: it's amazing. We will also drop the, the uh, our, uh, online online contacts to your Telegram and webpage and all the resources uh, afterwards and in, in the comments of the uh, video. And yeah, I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, it, it was really a pleasure yeah. to hear uh, about
2: Cosmology. Awesome. We will definitely be in touch and thanks everybody for listening and showing up. It was great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a nice day. Okay. I'll see
1: you guys. Thank you to the audience here for joining in. Please leave a like and a comment. Yeah. Thank you very much to spread the word.
0: This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.